Hey guys, my name is Lisa M. Waring and this is Real Talk, a podcast where I discuss movies and TV shows more extensively and how art imitates life, imitates art. It's Horror Month! And I'm going to be watching a bunch of scary movies. I'm even going to give you guys a chance to vote on one movies that I watch by releasing a poll later this month. So look out for that. Today we are kicking things off with the 2022 comedy thriller, The Blackening. This movie was based on a Comedy Central skit that I watched online years ago. And it was hilarious. Why us? Why are we being chased by a psycho killer? Told y'all, black people ain't got no business camping. This is black karma. I honestly didn't think they could stretch it out into a full movie. I was wrong. Spoilers ahead. Let's get into it. I love the opening card. It says the following is based on a true story that never happened. We see a couple, Morgan and Sean, who have rented out a cabin in the woods for the weekend to host a reunion that they planned for their friends. They're checking the place out and they come across a room titled The Game Room. In the middle of the room, they find a board game called The Blackening. When they open it, there is literally a game piece figurine in the middle that is a blackface caricature from back in the day. The character starts speaking and tells them that they need to pull a card, answer the question correctly, or die. (laughs) They decide to play for some reason, and they pull a card. First question, name a horror movie where the black character survives. I'm going to say LL Cool J because Halloween Resurrection. Correction. I mean Halloween H2O, the one with Josh Harnett and Michelle Williams. Deep Blue Sea. He was surviving every horror movie that he was in. I felt like it was in his contract. To me, he is the pioneer who survived. Unfortunately, they answer incorrectly. The lights shut off and a man in a blackface mask comes and kills Sean and grabs Morgan. We're getting into thick of things real quick. The next day, we see Dwayne, Lisa, and Allison riding in the car headed to the cabin. They're all excited about the reunion, and Dwayne is like, who all gonna be there? That is the line that black people normally say to make a decision of whether or not we should attend an event. Lisa and Allison start giving each other looks. They are literally communicating through their expressions, which is something that we definitely do. Except in this film, we can actually hear the thoughts. I like that they did that. It's pretty funny. We switch gears and switch to another friend, Shanika, who was stopped at the store to grab some snacks. The creepy one-eyed cash register guy kind of starts following her a little bit around the aisle. Let the microaggressions begin. She runs into Clifton, another classmate from college, who tells her he's also there for the reunion. He got invited by Morgan, but his car broke down. Shanika says, no problem. He can come ride up with her. And then there's a little bit of back and forth of some shade unnecessarily thrown at Android. Don't be mad because they are the superior phone. I said it. Dwayne, Lisa, and Allison arrive, and Dwayne accurately describes it as the Texas Chainsaw Massacre Cabin. Dwayne is absolutely correct. Listen, if you love camping and you love going to the cabins and and being in the secluded woods. That's awesome. 
I am not the friend to invite to this event. Just know that. They see Park Ranger White, actual name, kind of giving their other friend King a hard time, telling him he's trespassing. They clear the air, letting him know, nope, we have reunion, he's supposed to be here, and the ranger leaves. Then another friend, Namdi, shows up, and Dwayne is upset. Remember when he asked, who all gonna be there? This is why. Lisa pulls Dwayne to the side and apologizes for not telling him that Namdi was gonna be there. Dwayne reminds her that this dude broke her heart like a million times in college. Oh, we've got some history here. Now I'm understanding where Dwayne's coming from. You're not gonna hurt my friend and I'll be okay with you. Lisa assures him it's okay. College was a long time ago and they have gotten over it and they're just friends now. Sure they are, Lisa. No relation. It's also Juneteenth in the film. Lisa tells the others that Sean and Morgan texted her that they're going to be out and will return later on. So the friends start playing spades, except for Dwayne. He's kind of pouty. He's still mad that Namdi is there. The girls are continuing to communicate through their expressions. It looks something like this. Girl, what you holding right now? I'm tapped out. We're about to lose. If we lose, they won't ever let us forget it. It's much funnier in the movie. Night has fallen and Dwayne is in the laundry room doing laundry. The door that goes to the outside creaks open. He walks over to it and immediately closes it. He does not go investigate. Take notes, people. Turns out it's just Shanika messing with him anyway. Shanika comes in with Clifton, who the others just barely remember from their college days. And no one seems to get his name right. Shanika gives Lisa a hug and immediately she's like, girl, you smell like you've been getting it on. Out walks Namdi and everybody puts two and two together. They're back together. Are you shocked? Because I'm not. They get ready to start playing spades again and Clifton asks to join, but he doesn't know how to play. And no one wants to teach him. Can confirm, black people will not teach you spades if you don't already know how to play. Especially if they're currently playing spades. You just gonna have to watch and pick it up like we all do. Then the lights go out. Everyone gets up and starts looking for the fuse box together. No one separates. Again, take notes. They find the game room and they think that, oh, maybe Morgan did this. Let's play the game. They pull out the pieces that have been kind of tailored to each one of them. And then the little black-faced dude starts talking. He tells them, that they have to play if they want to save Morgan. In the room, there's a little TV that turns on and shows them a video of Morgan tied up. It flashes to a shot of Sean who's expired. He is gone. They realize if they want to save their friend, they got to play the game. They start pulling cards, answering questions, getting stuff right until they get the question, name five black people who appeared on the show Friends. They each claim to never watch the show, but are able to mention a black character. Then the little blackface guy says, wrong. The correct answer is, I don't watch that show. I love living single. <laughs> the funny thing about the joke is the fact that the show Living Single came out first. And then they decided to do a different version of it and created Friends. And that is the one that really kind of blew up and became really popular. It's not officially a war like teen friends or teen living single it's just generally people tend to like one 
more than the other. I'm a living singles type of person. I never found friends funny. I don't, I tried. I just didn't like it. They see Morgan on screen getting tortured, but she manages to escape and run off camera. Now, at this time, the door to the game room was locked, but now it was open. So they, they get out and they're looking for her. They're like, where she has to be around here somewhere. And they think she's in the basement. So they manage to get the basement open. The door is locked. So King runs and gets his gun, gets the door open, only to be shot by a man in a blackface mask. Namdi gets the gun, shoots at the guy. Shanika gets a, I guess I'm maybe a knife or something, and stabs the guy in his foot and manages to close the door on him. They end up running back into the game room and get locked in again. And the little TV comes back on. The little blackface toy gives them another question. If they choose the person who they deemed the blackest of them all and sacrifice that person, he'll only kill that person and let them all live. They start turning on each other. Shanika's the blackest because she always says the word Namdi's the blackest because he's from Africa. Then they turn on Clifton and Clifton's like, no, no, I can't be the blackest. I've never seen Friday. Okay, that is definitely a flag on the play. Friday's a classic. Then Clifton admits, I voted for Trump. What? what? Twice. Ultimately, Clifton is chosen as a sacrificial lamb. They see on the TV screen that he gets shot with an arrow and dragged away by the man in the black face. And the man in the blackface mask says, well, we're moving to sudden death. I'm going to open all the doors and you're going to have to decide if it's safer for you to be inside the house or outside the house. Remember, they're in the middle of the woods. It's not like they're in the suburbs, but they can't agree on whether they should stay or go. So they have to make the hard decision. We have to split up. That's a big mistake to do in a horror movie. Dwayne, Lisa, and Namdi stay while Allison, Shanika, and King leave. They head into the woods. Oh, I forgot to mention that some of them are pretty high. They were partying before things went left. It does add to the hilarity of the situation. Lisa is determined to go down in the basement to find Morgan, the guy's follower. There's a whole entire camera system set up. They have been watched the minute they got there from all angles. They run back upstairs and run into Park Ranger White, but they're on guard. I'm one of the good ones. Oh, that does not help. They all say that. Flag on the play. If you got to tell me you one of the good ones, he gets them and puts them into his patrol car while he goes to investigate. Park Ranger White, what are you doing? Shanika decided to swim across the lake rather than walk all the way around. And she gets to the middle only to have arrows being flown at her by the man in the blackface mask. But the man doesn't know that King is hiding in the trees. He jumps down, starts beating him up. The man gets the upper hand, but then Allison, who was also hiding, comes out of the hiding and stabs him with three arrows, killing him instantly. They uncover his mask and realize, oh, this is the same one-eyed guy from the store that Shaniko saw earlier, but he's wearing different boots, which means there are more of them. They have to go back to the house to warn the others. Lisa, Dwayne, and Namdi are still in the cop car waiting for him to come back when Lisa finds the blackface mask in the car. The ranger comes back, but they won't let him in. Then he gets shot in the neck with an arrow. He was one of the good ones after all. Whoops. Lisa, Dwayne, and Namdi get back in the house and hide in the vent. 
They manage to kill him. Then King, Shanika, and Allison return. They check his wallet and find that he has a pocket full of money with their names on it. He was hired to kill them. So that means there's another player somewhere. Lisa, Dwayne, Namdi, and Shanika go downstairs in the basement while Allison and King stay upstairs. They find Clifton's body. Oh, no. And an article. As they're reading the article, Clifton gets up with a detonator and forces them to give up whatever weapons that they have. Plot twist. Clifton is the one who hired the racist brothers to kill them. He reveals that Morgan and Sean are definitely dead. He threw them in the well. Yeah, I forgot to mention there is a well in the basement. He gives us his villain monologue. Ten years ago that night, he attended a Juneteenth party that they were throwing. But he didn't know how to play spades. And he reneged. Reneged in spades is basically, let's say you have to put on a club, but you make it seem like you don't have a club. And then you find out later that you had a club. If somebody calls you out on it, you reneged. Because he didn't really know how to play the game properly. So everyone was making fun of him and ostracizing him and telling him that they're going to revoke his black card. He ended up getting drunk and leaving because he was so upset. Accidentally hit somebody with his car and they didn't survive. He got charged with manslaughter and went to jail for four years. Meanwhile, Allison and King are watching this because they managed to rig the TV upstairs to connect to downstairs so they're seeing what's happening on screen. Allison manages to turn off the lights, which gives everyone the upper hand, and they overtake Clifton. Oh, my gosh. Even I can't remember this dude's name. Wow. They manage to overtake Clifton and throw him in the well. It's daytime now, and the friends are outside trying to figure out what to do next. So they end up calling the firefighters because they're not going to come in with guns blazing. When the firefighters come... They get sprayed with the hose and thrown off screen, which is kind of funny. Roll credits. My thoughts. This movie is hilarious and steeped in black culture references and pokes fun at the stereotypes. The actor who plays Dwayne, um, his real name is Dwayne Perkins, and he was the original writer for this comedy skit the all those years ago that the whole movie is based on. And he also co-wrote The Blackening with Tracy Oliver, who wrote on Girls Trip. Perfect duo. Now, some of these jokes may not hit as hard if you're not familiar with the black community, but don't let that disparage you from watching it. You will be entertained, you will be laughing, and you will enjoy it. Trust me. Wait, chili powder, girl? What am I finna do, cook? Sorry, girl, we ran out of that. Let's talk about some of the elements that I didn't get a chance to really cover. First, keep in mind this is a horror comedy. Okay, this is told through the lens of black people. It is satire and it pokes fun at entertainment and politics and society. So just enjoy. Clifton had mentioned that at the time during his horrible time at the party, Lisa was one of the people who wanted to revoke his black card, which is so funny, but it is a pretty common running joke in the black community. You can get your black card revoked if you haven't watched enough classic black cinema like Boys in the Hood, Jason's Lyrics, Soul Food, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Martin. If you can't do the electric slide, if you hate collard greens, or eat mac and cheese from the box. Or in Clifton's case, don't know how to play spades. But again, it's more of a running joke. It's not like meant to really label your level of blackness. Although, 
on a serious note, there is a way of gatekeeping black culture that does happen where you are questioned sometimes with how you choose to live or operate or vote. I don't approve of these methods because if you're black, you're black. But it is out there. And I'm not getting into it, so don't ask me to. Now, one thing that I didn't mention before is that Allison, she is biracial. So her mother's black and her father is white. Now, she is both embraced by her friends and clowned by them. Anything that she says or does out of the ordinary, they tend to make fun of and say, oh, that's the white side of you talking. Her wardrobe was very interesting to me. And for her, like you'll see in some other cases with biracial people, is that she tends to work twice as hard as if she's having to prove her blackness. She's the only one wearing an outfit with a civil rights person on it. She has a sweatshirt that has Rosa Parks on it, and she has a ring with the shape of Africa that she's wearing. Having to show a concerted effort that she's down. And this isn't to say that this is all in her head. Sometimes your environment, family, friends, people around sometimes tend to question your blackness, unfortunately. They did give her her own moment to shine. And technically, she was the one that saved all they sorry butts. Go, Allison. One of the more funny moments is when Namdi grabs the gun. And he turns it like sideways, like back in the day, how they used to have it. And <laughs> Clifton reaches out and fixes it. It's, it's pretty funny. They used to do that a lot in like the 90s hood movies. This is clearly poking fun at the trope. One of the questions they had answered for the game required them to sing the Black National Anthem. I'm going to be real with y'all. I don't even know it. Now, to be fair, I barely know our National Anthem. So, but that's kind of more of the fact that I'm not as good with like memorization of words and songs. I have to listen to songs a million times to get it. Like, I'm, I'm still a person who just knows the chorus. I, don't even, I barely know the, the lyrics. I do think it's something that I should know, that we should be learning. And I probably should start working on that before I get my black card revoked. At the end, they made light of the fact that they had two dead white guys, three dead black people in a well. And what would they tell the cops? Would the cops even come without? This one is explanatory. But they told it in such a funny way. Don't be afraid to laugh at it. It's a dark subject, but comedy does come from darkness. And sometimes laughing is all that you can do to handle it. So it's okay. You can laugh here. Laughing through difficulty is how you get through it sometimes. And I think that we should remember that. With all that said, how do you guys feel about the movie? Did you see it? Did you love it? Hate it? Do you want to see it now? Leave a comment. Let's talk about it. If you enjoyed hanging out with me today, please hit that like button, subscribe, ring the notification bell so that you can always stay up to date on what's going on. Like voting for the next horror movie that I watch later this month. We're also on Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, and wherever else you listen to your podcasts. Links are in the caption. See you guys next week for another scary movie. Later!